Hi, this is Dan Sullivan with the next episode of Podcast Payoffs, and I'm here with my partner, Gord Vickman, who manages our worldwide series. We have a worldwide podcast network, and we focus especially on the phenomenal breakthrough that podcasts are making in the world, relating it to all sorts of situations, different kind of issues that are going on in our present-day world, which is an unusual one. At Gord, mm-hmm. always a pleasure to meander around podcasts and how podcasts are the center of a new way of thinking about the world. Certainly is, especially now when messages need to be delivered remotely. It couldn't have come along at a better time when people had the infrastructure and the technology to do it properly now. And of course, people are you know doing what they can with what they have. And there's you know, environments that are less than ideal. We have a big, beautiful studio at Strategic Coach, but we're not in there right now. So we're uh, using what we have and what's available to us, as everyone is. People are still pumping out the content and getting their message out and having fun with it. And that's a great little segue, Dan, into our next episode here. One of the things that comes up a lot when I'm speaking to podcast producers is there's this phenomenon called pod fade. It's When a show is online for a little while and then you find that they go from, let's say, a biweekly episode to then a monthly episode, and then you hear one coming out every two months and then every three months, and then it just sort of disappears. They call that pod fade. And I believe one of the reasons for that is people simply run out of things to talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, they're really full of energy when they kick off and they have three or four episodes in their brain that they can structure out and get to the bottom of. But then after a while, I think the topics seem to disappear and they're not quite sure what to do. So the shows fade off. And I thought, who better to ask than you, because you are a limitless well of ideas. And I can't think of anyone else on earth who'd be better to speak to this topic Mm -hmm. of where ideas come from. And I thought that would be something we could cover on this. You, our listener, could take with you to uh, generate some more content for your show, more so than simply more content, but better content to really add value to the time that your listeners are gifting you. We thank you so much for listening to our show today. Thanks so much for joining us. We always mention that off the top. We know that podcasts are free, but they're not. And you're gifting us your time, and we do appreciate that. So, Dan, the big juicy question to kick off the show today, where do good ideas come from? Well, first of all, I know a good idea when I hear someone else say it. So a lot of my ideas in Strategic Coach actually come from remarks that our very ambitious, talented, successful entrepreneurs will make about a particular situation. A little history of, you know, where I've come from, but I spent three years in an ad agency. Ad agencies are really, really terrific training if you don't stay too long there. They're terrific training in two respects. One is that you get very comfortable and very positive about deadlines. Okay, and I'm a very deadline-driven person. One of the ways that I force myself to create new material, Gord, is that I'll commit myself to publicly presenting something new and have a schedule, and the schedule is in the book, and immediately I have the pressure on me to create something new. It's a strange thing, but people who give themselves all in the time in the world to create a new idea at most will create one new idea in their lifetime. I was just looking at my schedule and I have this week probably nine events where I had to create something new. I could not have done that 10 years ago 
I could have done half of that five years ago, but now I'm in a position where I've created systems for developing the thinking. The second point about it, you know, is that I really listen to what other people are saying. And I find the more that I listen to what people are saying and what they're thinking about and the challenges they have and the breakthroughs they're having and the opportunities that they have, I hear them using words which spark an idea in my thought to, well, how would I help them solve that? So two other issues I'm going to add to this is I mentioned deadlines. The other thing is be in conversation a lot, okay? Because if you're really listening in conversation, other people are using different language than you do. So you have to take in their language and you have to make sense of it in your head. And that process actually triggers your thinking. I don't want people who think the same as I do. I want people who think differently for me, but especially they use different kind of language to talk about their experiences, you know, and they also are having totally different kinds of experiences that I am. But in the entrepreneurial world that we're coaches to, we're coaches to entrepreneurs, there's no limit on the topics because it's a 360-degree work focus, being an entrepreneur, but it's also a lifestyle. Entrepreneurs, if they're really successful, live in a totally different kind of world personally. Okay, and so those issues are all germane. So if you want to come up with a lot of new ideas, don't spend your time talking to people who live in a totally repetitive bureaucratic world. There's no new ideas. Matter of fact, the whole purpose of bureaucracy is to prevent new ideas from being created. I mean, the purpose of a bureaucracy is to continually expand the bureaucracy. It may have had a purpose to start with, but, you know, five years in, a bureaucracy is only interested in its own self, self-extension self and self-preservation. That's the only purpose about it. So it's who you talk to, too, and it's purposeful. I've gifted myself that I'm in an environment where everybody, both in terms of our customers and clients, are entrepreneurs, and all of our team members are in conversations with entrepreneurs. Okay, so it's the total discussion that surrounds me day in, day out. So I don't hear a great number of pessimistic conversations. It's mostly, even if things are bad for an entrepreneur, they're talking about commitment, they're talking about courage, they're talking about transforming themselves. So it's very interesting. Now, that's my first wash. That's my first <laughs> wave that came in. There's another tsunami coming after this one. Okay. Well, there was one line that I caught in tsunami number one, and it just stuck in my brain. Because I think people who are looking for ways to create content, if you have a podcast or a video series or anything of that nature, and you find yourself stuck constantly for things to discuss, Dan, you said, I create systems. Now, is that a system that is locked in the brain of Dan Sullivan that other people cannot have? Or are we talking about systems that people can use if they learn that system? or maybe even create one for themselves. Because I think people are looking for systems right now. I hear it all the time. Like I mentioned with people who produce shows, one of the things they struggle with, again, is just coming up with steady content. So when you said, I create systems, I feel like that was a golden egg. And there are going to be people who are going to be asking, so I will ask for them, 
what do you mean by you create systems and can other people use those beyond teamwork? Because maybe they don't have the people around them that would be needed for that. But is there a system? Is there something? Is it a walk in the park? Is it 50 push-ups? Is it an hour on the Vasper? Is there something that you're doing that triggers those ideas that you could encapsulate and call that the system? I think it's the 50 push-ups, Gordon. Yeah. yeah, because... I would have said 100. Go top shelf and say 100. As round number 25, I'm saying to myself, why am I doing this? Isn't there <laughs> something else better that I could be doing besides this one? And that's where the new idea comes, is thinking of the better... This is well known in coach circles, but the entire strategic coach program since 1982 has been formed on a simple system that's called VODA. It's an acronym, and V stands for vision, O stands for opposition or obstacles, T stands for transformation, and A stands for action. And it's a system where you think of something in the future that's a goal. It's a bigger and better appearance of yourself in the future, which is what I think all goals are. It's actually you in the future, and you're doing something better, and you're doing something bigger. So it's quantitative, and it's also qualitative. You can feel that. Then you put a deadline on it. You put a deadline that by this time in the future, three months, a year, three years, I will do this. And immediately you're confronted with all sorts of pressures, because first of all, you have a deadline. And the other thing is now you've bought into a vision of yourself, and it's not you. And you go on high alert, and you immediately see obstacles. Well, I, I don't have this. I can't do that. This isn't possible. And you are put into a state of perturbation. Your brain is suddenly alive. And then you say, okay, I'm going to take the obstacles now. And the obstacles are going to become the raw material for actually achieving that goal. So instead of being dissuaded or turn back by the obstacles, I'm actually going to use the obstacles to actually create the vision, okay? The, a lot of the obstacles have to do with the fact that I'm not actually the one to do some of the major work to get to this goal. So immediately we have to switch. There are other people I have to get involved with this. So if I could reach that goal by myself, I'd be doing it already. So the fact that I am not there tells me that I don't have the ability to do it, okay? So there are certain things I can do. I can communicate the vision. I can make it very, very clear to people exactly what it is. In other words, I can sell myself on the vision, and if I'm sold on the vision myself, I can sell other people on it. I can enroll them to become part of this. This is how our partnership formed. I did a very good job of actually describing what I wanted that I couldn't do, you know? Was not doing, could not do, would never do. <laughs> Go find the who. Go yeah. find the who to do the how. Yeah, you know, we put out the right message to the right person at the right time, and you came aboard. And you came aboard with new ideas. I mean, even before the final yes had been established, you had already established that you were taking, that you're going to be hired, and in the first six months, this is what you would achieve. Those were all new ideas. And then you take each of the obstacles and you say, okay, what's a decision I can make? What's a communication I can make? What's an action I could take? You know, and what's a collaboration I could make? And I go through it all. And all of a sudden, 
your brain starts producing all sorts of new ideas about how to get to that vision. And that could be about anything in your life. It could be in your personal life. It could be regarding fitness. It could be regarding your lifestyle. It could be regarding your relationships. It could be regarding where you're living, how you're living there, or anywhere in business, which have amazing number of areas where you can see yourself operating in a bigger and better fashion. So it's called VODA. And my sense is that once you get into the VODA, if you think of it as four points, vision, opposition, transformation, action, it's four points. Once you get inside of that, all your thinking is completely unique. There's nobody else on the planet doing the thinking that you're doing, but you will come up with ideas that are very resonant to a lot of other people who would also like to see a bigger, better version of themselves in the future. And I would say that I have so made that an automatic part of my thinking that I don't even have to think about it. It's hardwired into my brain. So this morning, I've created two brand new thinking processes. One for this afternoon, I have a mini workshop. They have to have brand new stuff. I came up with brand new thinking process and a series of brand new questions to get them into the thinking process. Then tomorrow, I have one of my first six-hour workshops for the quarter, and I've created four new things to do that. But you're putting me on the spot here. You say, where's all this start, Dan? <laughs> but it starts with VOTA. It starts with VOTA. And I've seen that VOTA can be applied to anything, and anybody can learn this, and anybody can do it. So you have to put the vision. You don't have a vision unless you can define by numbers or events the event either happened or it didn't happen, you know, I graduated. That's an event, okay? And then there's numbers that attach it. You know, the, our goals have numbers. And our brain is so economical that it won't waste any time thinking about something that you don't put measurements to and you don't put a deadline to. If there's no measurements and deadline, your brain won't work. It says, no, no, it's not real. If it can't be measured and it doesn't have a deadline, I won't do any extra thinking about this. Dan, it's funny. We don't script any of our shows here. Both you and I are big fans of improv. Always say yes, yes, and. So I was thinking, you know, I knew advertising was going to come up because that was your background. And then I thought, I don't know where he's going to go with this when I ask him where ideas come from. So I had this quote here. This is from Don Draper from the iconic. Don Draper, probably the quintessential American of the 20th century. Such a tragic character, but you just wanted him to win, even as horrible as he was. So this is from the AMC show Mad Men. And I thought, you know, Dan's background was in advertising, and Don was an advertising exec in the late 1960s, Madison Avenue. And somebody asked him, one of the characters, where do you come up with your ideas? Because Don was a, you know, very talented advertising executive. He said, I think about it deeply, then I forget it, and an idea will jump up in my face. You think time away? You think free days? have a lot to do with it for you, Dan? And how much thinking about content and about new ideas do you do on free days? Or you just step back and say, no, no I'm not. No, I'm a novel reader. And that's another thing for new ideas. And I read international intrigue novels, you know, homicide detective novels. And they're such great writers. I mean, some of these writers, they get you in the first paragraph. I mean, Lee Child, you know, is very famous for his character, Jack Reacher, you know, Michael Conley, Harry Bosch, 
Mark Dawson, John Milton. There's all these amazing characters. And Lee Child, I can tell you his first sentence, he's got you. He's got you in the first sentence. Oh, geez. The only thing I dislike about Lee Child is that you wait 365 days for it to come. And I download it on Kindle. And 24 hours later, I'm finished with it. Now I have to wait another 364 days for the next one. So the way I've done that, I've got about 15 of these writers. And the thing I like about it, and some people use movies because movies are stories on film, but I'm a reader. I grew up, you know, my first book in life was The Adventures of Robin Hood. And I was in Sherwood Forest. I lived on a farm. I had a woods back there. And immediately my woods was Sherwood Forest, you know. So why fiction is so good is that reality is presented to us nonstop 24 hours. You know, our immediate reality, people are trying to get us to buy something, something to notice something, you know, whether it's television, it's billboards, it's radio. There's this sea of selling that goes on around us. Everybody's trying to sell us something so they get our attention, okay? And what a novel does, it completely removes you. It'll put you into another location. It'll put you into another story. It'll put you into another time, you know, a different time period. It's just very, very relaxing to be. I grew up with radio. My first nine years, till I was nine years old, I had never seen TV. So I grew up with radio, and I remember two of the series, Sergeant Preston of the Yukon with his wonderful dog, King, and <laughs> Sky King was another series. I used to listen to it, and you would visualize, you would sit there and visualize Jack Benny. We would listen to Jack Benny. We would listen to the newscasters. They had commentators who had half-hour shows. And you would visualize, you know, so my visualization ability, I think, was very enhanced by radio. And I don't think television enhances your visualization at all, because I think it makes you lazy because they present it to you. And I'm always disappointed in the visualizations on most television programs because they aren't up to my standard. If you don't have me within the first three or four pages, I'm not going to stay with it. So that's mine. But then I come back and then I've got deadlines and I've got projects and the team is depending on me. I got a whole team. You depend upon me. Suvi for videos, she depends upon me. Eleonora depends upon me. And then after I finish my month and, you know, right now we're in lockdown, so we're not going to movies. We're not traveling around. We're not going to other city. So I've doubled down on a lifetime skill and a lifetime preoccupation, which is reading books. It's not that I get ideas from these places, but my mind is set free from the constant responding to deadlines and producing new stuff. So you got to get yourself a break. Dan, I thought we could wrap this episode. We were talking about systems and tools and thinking processes. What we use here at Strategic Coach for all of our projects is called the Impact Filter. We made that tool available if you go to freetoolkit.coach, that's freetoolkit.coach, we have the Ultimate Entrepreneur's Toolkit available, and you can go and download it, and it has some of your favorite resources, and the impact filter is in there. That's what we use to put. And I would also say they should buy the book, Who Not How, download it, or go to from Amazon if you want, Who Not How, because it tells you why you'll want to have the impact filter as one of your tools. 
Mm -hmm. That's whonothow.com. But the impact filter you've made available here, Dan, it's very generous of you and people can download it at freetoolkit.coach. And that's what we use to plan our shows here. So if you have a podcast or video content and you find yourself struggling on where to go with it and how to structure things, the impact filter is what we use. Dan, could you just give us a quick top line of the impact filter and why it's important to sell yourself first on the project and then clarify your vision for everyone. It's a really great tool to plan podcasts and you can have it. Yeah. Well, I've been confronted through my entire work life starting in my 20s and it's 50 years later. So I've always been confronted. How do you get a project started fast? And it's immediately going to require team members on the project. So there isn't really anything I do this day in my 70s that isn't started as a team effort. I find I'm not great working alone. I tend to procrastinate and I tend to push everything to the last minute unless I have other people depending on me getting things done. So I created this. There were different versions of it, but we got one probably about 15 years ago that just worked. It's just a dynamite thinking process. It's basically you got three parts to it. One is you totally clarify to yourself exactly what it is that you want to communicate to someone else. And this is the project. And you tell yourself why this project is so important. And then you sell yourself emotionally that if you don't move forward on this project, what's the result going to be? And if you do move forward and complete the project, what's the results? And you feel that emotionally. Okay. And up until this point, I haven't really, really thought about selling anybody on anything. So I have a rule, never try to sell somebody on anything that you're not sold on yourself. So I don't waste people's time with an idea. Hey, maybe we could do this, maybe we could do this. I don't feel like wasting people's time. So I've worked out an agreement with everyone that I know and everybody that I work with that if you get an impact from me, I'm 100% committed to getting this done. And all I'm checking out is whether you want to be part of the project, okay? I think you're important to the project, but you still have a say whether you want to be in the project. And then on the right-hand side, I write down what's going to be true when this project is completed, and I put in measurements, and I also put in deadlines when things are going to happen. And generally speaking, somebody will get one of my impact filters, and they'll get a complete sense of the project in a matter of five minutes. Takes them about five minutes and they know exactly. Now, that's me sending ideas to other people, but I also have a requirement that when people want to get me involved in one of their ideas, they have to send me an impact filter at least 24 hours before they want to talk about it. And people will say, well, I just want to talk so I can get a sense of what, no, no, I says, you're not committed. You're not sold on it. I said, I'm not going to talk to you about anything you're mm -hmm. not sold on. Sell yourself okay. first. You have to prove to me you're sold on it. You want me to be sold on it. I demand that you be sold on it before we... So that's it. That's food for thought, Dan. And we hope you had more than food for thought. We hope you had a whole buffet with us here today on Podcast Payoffs of generating ideas and coming up with content and just where to go with it. If you're struggling with video and audio content, there is a way around it. And we hope that you gained a lot of value from the ideas presented today on the show. We want to thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll see you on the next episode of Podcast Payoffs. Thanks so much, Dan. A pleasure as always. Thank you, Gordon.